State Representative Seth Grove is a lifelong Pennsylvanian. In fact, uh, his family roots go back to the 1700s. So uh, it's quite shocking to learn that uh, he's not a Penn State fan, uh, but roots for the Michigan Wolverines. Well, we get into that as well as his interests in transparency and better budgeting practices. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, president of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs, and I'm in Harrisburg today, sitting down with a state representative, Seth Grove, from York County. Seth, uh, welcome to Brews and Views. Thanks. Well, we got the views. We don't have the yeah, brews no, today. No, that's no right. brews today. <laughs> a little Which is early right. in the day. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, although I guess you were, if we were thinking beers, uh, but uh, had plenty of coffee. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. those brews uh, have been brewed and, and drunk, drank, whatever. Uh, well, Seth, um, uh, we've uh, long interacted, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but I haven't heard kind of your whole backstory of how you grew up, the influences in your life. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's get uh, Seth on Brews and Views, and I will hear your story, as all of our listeners will as well. So um, tell us about uh, Little Seth Grove. Uh, where, where did Little Seth Grove uh, grow up? Well, we uh, grew up in Papertown, Pennsylvania, Spring Grove. Um, I was actually um, born September 1979, so a few months after TMI. Um, I usually joke with my mom, you know, you know, did you, did you attempt to flee with your loving little child in your womb? And she's like, no, we, we hung out and we stayed in York. We were bags. That explains a lot. Doesn't it though? Yeah. So, uh, I usually joke, I can glow at night, um, fully radiated. Um, so, you know, um, you know, grew up in York County, uh, Spring Grove graduate. I have an older brother. Uh, Aaron, uh, we were very close growing up. Um, what did your parents do? What uh, did your so mom my and dad my dad is or? a tool and die maker um, at Caterpillar uh, until it closed. Um, so at the ripe young, I mean, I, I remember um, the strikes, really, really bad mm. strikes, union strikes at Caterpillar. So was um, he in the union? He there was in the Cat- union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, our our at one point our neighbor was an editor of the daily record so there was at one point like a front page article you know how our family's dealing with the caterpillar strike the largest employer in york county at the time um and you know he ended up luckily i guess taking early retirement after cat closed his doors and and moved away so um you know my policy today Mm -hmm. directly resulted in how how old were you when this when this happened oh wow so um Probably third, fourth okay. grade, so right. very, very young. But, um, en- but old enough to old enough to, to remember, remember everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, m- I remember. You know, Christmas time, like parents barely able to afford anything. You know, hardly any real presents or anything like that, because you know, on the picket line, you just got you know your your strike yeah, picket pay. Right. Um, I remember. Was your, was your dad a big union guy? I mean, was um, he uh, involved? I, I, okay. Yeah, you know, he went to the union halls and stuff. Um, okay. Um, you know, uh, still to this day, you can see UAW stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he he's, he's, he's probably not a hardcore union guy, mm-hmm. but appreciated, you sure. know, the, the, sure. the, the benefits of yeah, being which, a union uh, employee and you stuff. Know, so. I know that uh, you, you, like me, mm-hmm. uh, folks say, oh, you're just anti-union. No, no, mm-hmm. we're just anti-compulsion. Yeah. Uh, we want everybody to be able to join or to. not join yeah. a, an association. Uh, did your mom uh, work outside the so home? So she, she was a, uh operator early on. Um, so she had like the old phone. Oh, where really? It was, like, like plug, the plug it into in. the... Yeah. Wow. Um, and then when uh, my, my brother was born, she ended up not working. Uh, she went back to work when my brother went into college. Um, um, she worked for AMP for a little while, a couple couple stuff like that. And okay. then um, kind of after my second year in college she kind now, of stopped was your, working was your family from york i mean like going way back yeah or, so yeah. um my, my mother's side uh the frees we trace all the way back to maria free who founded paradise lancaster county so you're talking 1700s um so I, like i'm cousins with all the lancaster delegation okay like okay. I, I, any, anybody <laughs> new from lancaster i'm like uh, how far back did your family go like we're, we're just cousins um so her son married a, a lefevre Girl, they moved to Southern um, York County. Um, I remember when Governor Wolf came into office. He's trying to, 
you know, hey, we might be related. I'm like, yeah. you know, my, my, my mother's side, we've been here since 1700s. Obviously, your family's been here since about that time. There's we're related right. somehow, 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 some way. Some way. Um, if you go through all the marriage and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> we're related, Governor. <laughs> uh, my dad's, um, you know, Grove family. Um, there's, and I don't know if we're connected to him, but there was a, 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 a Grove who was close friends of William Penn, hmm. Grove family. Um, they came over here kind of after the Penns came over and kind of dispersed um, throughout the, the, the colonial uh, United States at the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if we're directly connected to them, but part of that family also ended up in Australia. Because in the I, penal colony, I don't or? know if they were <laughs> prisoners, which which side they were on. Sure. So um, um, side of the wall, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so uh, boy, long history in yeah. in Pennsylvania. Certainly, mm-hmm. uh, you uh, I graduated from uh, Spring Grove mm-hmm. High School and then went all the way around the world to end up at what York College. Your college. Yeah, so, yeah. So interesting story. It was never my my plan to go there. I actually. Uh, uh, enlisted in the Navy, got accepted into a nuclear engineering program, wanted to do submarine duty. Um, but I actually had uh, open heart surgery when I was in seventh grade. So I still had stress hypertension, ended up not being able to fulfill the, wow. the commitment, tried to do the waivers, whole nine yards. Couldn't get in. Um, so uh, I remember one day, it was towards the end of the school year, um, the Spring Grove um, office, one of the employees called and said, you know, we're sending your transcripts over to York College. I'm like, well, why? I'm not going to York. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to York College. Um, so I talked to my mom. I'm like, weirdest thing just happened. Um, Spring Grove said they're sending my transcripts over to your college. And I'm like, I'm not going there. She's like, well, <laughs> well, we're going to. So, you, so, you might so be mom going. So, had been uh, doing some things yeah, behind so, the scenes. Yeah, um, so um, ended up going to your college. Uh, they basically said, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the first two years. And one of the reasons my mom went to back to work to cover, um, help cover some of the tuition costs for, for me and my brother. Um, so ended up going there. Um, my freshman year, second semester, I had state and local government with uh, former state senator Ralph Hess. Okay. Um, so for extra credit, and it was funny when he first came into class, he just came in and sat down and pretended to be a student. Um, and I was the only. So your college, you think, is local, so you have a lot, a lot of local people there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of New Jersey, New York, Maryland. So nobody knew this guy. Mm-hmm. I was the only one new one. Uh-huh. So they started like talking about the professor and is he really a professor? <laughs> he doesn't have a doctorate. I'm just sitting there like quiet, kind of like looking over. You know, and, you know, yeah, he's he, sitting he, in the he kind of now. recognized that I knew who he was. Um, and I, I went back. I actually still had a uh, from third grade a capital tour. Like I still had a like little card of his from third grade. Uh-huh. So I, I brought it. Anyway, he um, um, sent for extra credit, he sent students out on political fundraising events. So okay. at the time, Congressman Goodling had like the dinner train. And di- so I ended up at Stan Sailor's Pig Roast in Winterstown. Familiar with Winterstown, it's three houses and the fire station. Okay. Um, so that I got, ended up getting um, an internship that summer with Stan. And he ended up hiring me basically full. I was working 30 hours a week, but really it's, in politics, it's more. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, and going to college. Um, so I, I so, so going back, um, were your parents politically active <laughs> or attuned? Or well, okay, it um, <laughs> sounds like there's a story here. Uh, <laughs> the, the first involvement in politics was my dad, and he was a huge Ross Perot fan. Okay, love love the charts. Um, so we used to sit, and uh, at the time we had one TV in the house, so I'd go down and, and sit, hoping we could get to like cartoons or something else. And he's watching C-SPAN, and oh, Ross Perot. Only time he did like Doors for for a politician, and he just loved Ross Perot, loved uh-huh. him. Um, so we're sitting down there, and he's all engaged watching the debates. And then it came to the vice presidential debates, and obviously he had Admiral Stockdale. Right. We're sitting watching it. And he looked, and my dad was a Navy guy, Vietnam veteran. Uh-huh. Um, you know, kind of loved Stockdale. He looked at me. He's like, "I think Stockdale's drunk." <laughs> well, did, well, didn't in that one? Did he say, uh, "Who am I, and what am I doing here?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. it was, and so, after that, kind of went downhill. But I mean, first foray and kind of, kind of political. So politics. he liked, he liked this kind of outsider guy uh, yeah, running yeah. against uh, both parties, right? Yep. So did he end up being a Trump guy? Um, no, he okay. is not. He is definitely not a Trump okay. guy. 
Um, still, still very close with. I mean, we'll, we'll go back and forth on, yeah. on unionism. Um, you know, and, and, and again, going back at that time, you know, you, you had Caterpillar, you had the Mothership Union, mm-hmm. and then you had all the other unions of all the kind of branch campuses, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, the mothership union would create the firestorms in the in the branch campuses. So York was a nasty, nasty, brutal strike. And Cat basically said, "We're done. That that plant yeah. is in North Carolina." Right, right. And if you're familiar with we, North Carolina, right to work right state, to work, that's lower right. taxes, right, right. the whole nine yards. <laughs> um, and he had the option of going down there. Yeah. Uh, but he opted to to do early retirement. Ended up driving truck, doing some other stuff. Um, completely retired now. Um, mm-hmm. Hangs out, loves. So, so, but his interest was kind of Ross Bro, but otherwise yeah. not otherwise, I- I- politically. Um, you know, discussing. Right. He was a big fan of Arlen Specter. Okay. Um, so, okay. Moderate Republican. Uh, my mom, probably a little more conservative. Um, um, she's got a big heart, loves animals, um, loves loves individuals, you know, take care of the people mm-hmm. as best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they, so they were, where, where do you see yourself kind of developing one, an interest in politics? Yeah. Uh, and, and then your kind of your political philosophy. Yeah, so where do you see that? Yeah, early, early on, um, I, I spent a lot of time with my grandfather, World War II veteran, um, crippled from Battle of the Bulge. Mm. Ended up still working. I mean, he had he had horrible rheumatoid pain, arthritis. So we'd they'd drop me off. We'd hang out. We'd watch Woody Woodpecker, Popeye, eat uh, <laughs> um, molasses and, and butter sandwiches. Um, but he always told me, and I wish I could remember him. I don't remember any, but he used to tell me his old war stories. Um, so um, always always had an interest in, in, in serving. Uh, I think a great country mm-hmm. who's given a lot to a lot of people all over the world. Um, so always had an interest, obviously couldn't go in the military. So just at your college, you know, what do you pick? You know, your door shut on what you want to do. What's the next step? Where do you go from mm-hmm. there? So uh, I ended up picking poli sci, but I did public administration, um, more for the management side of it. Um, and kind of rest is kind of history from yeah, that point, yeah. but huge but, influence. So, so did you go in and saying, look, I am a conservative. Um, uh, I don't know what I am. I'm Republican. I mean, what, how, how? So, I mean, you know, growing up, um, I never really had a Reagan influence. So, okay. you know, born it born in 79, you're young, you know, yep. I'm watching GI Joe when um, <laughs> President Reagan is, is president yeah, and yeah. then you go into the the Bill Clinton years. Right, so right. that's So the you're first coming president. of age in the in the Clinton years. Yeah, in the Clinton years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you you you're kind of you have that and, and he ended up not probably willingly, but viewed as maybe more of a moderate president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly cuz he had a Republican. Right. Right. Um, Congress to deal with, so it kind of pushed him. You know, you talk about the the, the work requirements, welfare reforms that happened, right? Not willingly, right. but they finally got him to sign it. Um, so, kind of in that, I, I can't say where my conservatism really came from. Um, you know, in high school, I was I, I I don't like the man structure. Like, I just want to get out of. I, I viewed school as very restrictive. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very freedom prone. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so, you know, just in, even in high school, like I did not care. Like mm-hmm. I knew ahead of time, like half these people I'm never going to see again, you know, high school's over. You got the rest of your life. I mean, 18 years and most people in high school don't have that view. They view it as, you know, their life. It's the most important thing. I was like, I want to get out of here. So, so back to your yeah. class with Senator Hess, yeah. uh, uh, is, is that where you say, look, this is where no. I got this interest? No. Okay. No, all right. Not even, Go, even, yeah. even, you know, um, <laughs> even before there, you know, it, it was more freedom based um, less government you know I don't like being what told to do yeah. okay. um, you know e- even school uh, it was never bad but I pushed the limits um, uh-huh. so on, you're kind on a of, lot an, of stuff. Uh, a closet anarchist huh? a little Is bit that, yeah, yeah okay. a little bit so um, um, as as you know as things go as you work as you see all the money being taken mm-hmm. out of your paycheck uh, as you see more and more growth of government and and less freedom uh, I just get got more and more conservative. Um, and when I was 18, I registered Republican. Um, you know, I was a hunter, firm believer in Second Amendment. Uh-huh. I always viewed as Republicans as, you know, kind of the, protection sure. of freedom yeah. and yeah. everything good and holy okay. in life. Um, you know, traditional value. Um, kind of what did it, actually. Um, when 
Clinton removed the Black Berets from the Rangers. Mm. I thought that was very disrespectful. That was their signature beret. You know, it takes a lot of hard work for a ranger to become a ranger. It's not everybody yep. does it. It's right. very tough. Um, and I thought it's like that was becoming a Navy SEAL. Yeah, or, I thought know, I found yeah. it very right. disrespectful that you just give that beret to just everyone. Yeah. Well, everyone's just going to have the black beret. And you know, after a while, you know, I paid close attention to that issue. And um, you know, I, I thought it was disrespectful. And you know, that that traditional value of working hard and getting rewarded, mm-hmm. I thought it was taken away from those guys. Um, so, so you go to work for uh, Stan Saylor, Stan, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a fellow York Countyan yeah. now, who's yeah. a colleague. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so, so are you uh, working in the district in York? Are you working, coming up to yeah, the capital? Working, working in the yeah. district. Um, starting out, I ended up doing a lot of policy stuff for him. So I would come up to the capital now and then if, if uh, bills were moving or, or had to file amendments or do something like that. Um, and then. And there, when did you start with him? What oh, year? Man. So, so, so it was probably 99. Okay. Yeah, 1999. All right. Um, and if you're familiar with 99, John Frizzell's in power. That's right. Um, so you're 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ridge is Ridge still in then? Yep. Ridge yeah, is so in. Ridge, is Ridge in a doesn't bit. leave till 2001 to yeah. go down to DC. Yeah. So uh, under under Ridge, um, you know, kind of the heyday. Everything's great. Um, you know, they do the the you money's know, I, flowing money's in. Money's flowing. No deficits. Um, yep. I remember yep. the day after the the pension vote, uh-huh. 2001. Right. Stan came in and it's like any any calls on the pension vote? No, nothing. Okay. Nothing. No, fast forward. <laughs> Did you understand what was going on at that? I mean, um, was this too complex stuff? It was. I mean, a lot was, of people didn't understand. Yeah, what, it was. What, it was pretty complex. Happened. I'm like, so what happened? Like, yeah. well, you know, we had a bunch of extra money, so we bumped up the the, the pension mm-hmm. stuff, and you know, um, I'm like, well, what's what's the effect? Yeah. And he's like, oh, nothing. You know, we, we have money coming in. Yeah. Everything, everything's fine. Right. Everything's fine. On paper. It, On paper. It, it's, it yeah. Like yeah. It, right? So you know, 2001, <laughs> you had. Trade economic collapse and yep. those those pension plans just, just skyrocket. So um, I can say as staff, it's a great learning on you know you learn what to do and what mm-hmm. not to do. Mm-hmm. Ask the right questions. Um, so I so so you're you're on a staff. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, did you go? Uh, I can do this, uh, or and I want to do this. What so that, when did that, that took a, that took a while because you yeah. see you see them out in public always. You know, hey, I want to yeah, talk to yeah, you. Yeah. Um, campaign years you're doing the campaign stuff you're trying to do the policy stuff it, it's a lot of work so you see it and you're like i don't i don't i don't know about that because because you're a, you're a, you're a policy geek you're yeah, a policy I, nerd. I, I mean it. you love the yeah, policy yeah. side of stuff and that's where the politics can be very different i mean that's yes. where when i went to mm-hmm. work on a campaign back in the uh, early 90s mm-hmm. that was when i said oh man i want to do the policy stuff and that's why i ended up going into a policy think tank was cuz the political stuff mm-hmm. eh, that's not as uh, you know attractive to me i actually really liked the campaign stuff interesting i loved it um, the strategy the thought process um, the positioning i love i loved all well i mean ultimately that. you can't get the policy done unless you exactly. engage in exactly. the politics right? and and combine you know being in the district office, talking to people on a day-to-day basis, you know, on, on your off time. And that was that was even before, um, you know, right about hay bay ruling. Um, you know, e- even then it was, you know. With the hay bay starting, ruling, which, yeah. was, which was using public resources yeah, for, for, for government. Even, even around that time, it was very, uh, you know, the discussion of no, no, we shouldn't be doing this yep. um, um, kind of stuff. So, you know, everything's on your own time. Uh, but but I enjoyed it. Uh, got very involved in the Republican Party. Um, you know, college Republicans, uh, president of local club, um, regional kind of like statewide regional. Mm-hmm. Um, went to a couple national conferences with YRs. Um, so became very involved in Republican Party, and you know, I, um, ended up working for Congressman Platts uh, for a few years, and then jumped back with uh, Keith Gillespie. Um, and what kind of triggered my and I never had an interest of in running again running. Uh, for office, um, you know, you know, thought maybe about being a lobbyist, contract uh-huh. lobbyist, okay. you know, they make a lot of money, but I'm not, I have to believe in what I'm doing. So that, you know, taking money and advocating for something you don't believe in, I, 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 I know I couldn't do it, so wouldn't it be fair to those individuals? So that, and I just love being on staff. Mm-hmm. I love helping people on a day-to-day basis. I love dealing with the policy. But when I went from Congress back to the state, and people were calling about the same exact issues a few years later. Yeah. I realized 
we need a different approach. Mm. Like we need to start solving these problems that are plugging our Commonwealth on a day-to-day basis. Um, uh, and here we are in 2018, probably still dealing with the things I mean, that you started dealing finally, with 20 years you know, ago, right? Finally getting yeah. some DC components into a pension system, yeah. finally. Um, property taxes, we've, we've done some things in the past. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had a bill signed into law to, to get rid of some of the Act 1 loopholes to restrict the ability of government raising taxes on individuals without without voter uh, referendum yeah, on those yeah. Things, yeah um so did some stuff you know coming up with a statewide solution on a, a local tax yeah so, so let's stuff. but yeah. let's go back to mm-hmm. when you decide uh you know what i think i can yeah, so, run for office when was this so you know you have you have same issues you have um a, a, a house republican leader um that's a moderate from philadelphia you have conservative policies that aren't getting done. Um, you have deals being struck, Republican majority making deals with a Democrat governor um, that are very anti-pro-growth, yeah. very raising anti-tax ta- or raising taxes. taxes yeah, yeah. And I, I never bought in the argument of, you know, the governor wanted a, a 2% increase in the PIT and we held out for a, a 0.2. Yeah. You know, it's still not good well, for the economy. Well, it was, it was actually a 30% increase in PIT and uh, gave him 10% and tried to call it a victory for yeah. taxpayers. So <laughs> I, I see all this stuff and I'm like, you know what, I, 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 you know, I've kind of had enough of the status quo like there's got to be a better way uh to govern there's got to be better policies why are other states kicking our butt right right. um growing jobs growing freedom and we're just in this and it's it's always it was always well we need to educate people on the issues i'm like at at a point where there's an education point but people want to see results at the end of the day like what's my return on investment on what you're doing mm-hmm. in majority. So, um, you know, we, we lost the majority. Uh, I, I, and going back, I see why we lost the majority. People were electing Republicans to do X, Y, and Z. They were promising X, Y, and Z. And they're over here doing one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. They just, their, their, their messaging was not meeting the policies that were there. They weren't really fixing problems. Um, so, you know, my, my predecessor, Bev Macarth, um, she decided to... Um, take another job. So she removed her name off the general election ballot. Um, seven people applied to fill the spot. Republican Party picked me out of seven, and there were some pretty good candidates, mm-hmm. um, some pretty pretty well-known. Um, just from campaign, being able to win elections, policy, understanding the issues, being able to walk in and say, I at least know yeah. a lot more than probably And you know the where people. the bathrooms are, yeah. Right? Yeah, those um, types of so, things. So um, <laughs> they, they, they elected me, and I was 29 at the time. I'll tell you what's interesting. Doing doors at 29 and doing doors at 30 are completely two different things. Okay. 29. Oh man, you're you're pretty young. 29. <laughs> I don't. I'm 30. Oh okay. Okay. You're now okay. You, you have. I, I I found it funny because when I started doing doors, I was born in September. Uh-huh. So like August doing doors. Oh, how old are you? 29. Yeah. Yeah. And then after my birthday in September, it was I'm 30. Oh, okay, that's, that's acceptable. I guess it's that's weird. the threshold for guess, adulthood for, or yeah. make uh, adult um, decisions. So um, ended up getting on. There was um, and the, and what year is this that, that you get uh, so elected? So that was um, was it 2009? 2008 election. Okay. 2009 got, got sworn into office. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first met, you know, my class, they were all talking about their war stories of getting elected. I just sat there quietly because, you know. Um, there was no primary, uh-huh. and then there was no general because no Democrat had access at the time. Um, so what about you, Seth? I'm like, so I told. I mean, I, I came in with you know um, one member in a moderate seat in the southeast. It was just crushing. Like had to raise all this money, and like, oh my, it was it was horrible. Yeah. Um, Say, so, yeah, I I spent uh, ten bucks, and uh, yeah, here I am. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> And well, they and just it, like glared at me. I'm are you like, going I'm to have sorry. to spend ten dollars here in twenty eighteen? I probably won't have to spend anything. Yeah, because yeah. you don't you you, ha- don't, you don't have, have a primary. Yeah. You don't have a general. General, yeah. Um, and what do you attribute that to? I, I suspect not everybody is happy with Seth Grove yeah, because I mean, you take some you take some pretty strong stances on issues, and you're not shy about communicating those things. So I suspect that there might be a few people that uh, say uh, Seth Grove ought to go, but. Uh, Apparently, nobody's willing to put their name on the Yeah, so my, my district is generally pretty quiet. Like, I'll do town halls, and I'm, I'm big on outreach. So I love doing town halls. I love I do a Facebook Live every Friday. 
Um, we do telephone, like whatever communication tool is available to go talk to my constituents. I try to, yeah. I try to use because I want to communicate what's happening in here. I want to get their thoughts, and you know, it, we we may not agree. When you're but very wanna... transparent, I mean, it's not yeah. like you're you 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 are pretty yeah. out front on in your agenda. Yeah. About what things you want to get done. Uh, yeah. And certainly don't shy away from the conflict to, to actually defend them, which, yeah. which I think I, then that's might be kind of part of my question is mm. that um, I think that a lot of your colleagues could learn that learn from you mm. that when you stand up and you explain where you're at, mm. you're not going to please everybody all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, but at least people say, you know what, I don't agree with Seth, but. Uh, he's willing to to stand up for something mm-hmm. and even engage me when I disagree with him. Yeah, um, and I find that you know the 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 hard left in my district, I get respect because I'm well thought out. It's just not um, it's it's just not a willy nilly decision on my end. I think through things. Mm-hmm. I look at research. I look at data. You know, it's it's not a policy. You're position not using where it's, the cliches or sound bites uh, yeah. on this or that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I met with them. They're like, we don't, we don't agree with your position, but we appreciate it's, it's thought out. It's not a, mm-hmm. just a, a emotional, well, just, and like they can a, come in your office. You, you, you yeah. create those opportunities. So, yeah. so through all of this, you, you're elected in 2008. Um, but, uh, where does Casey, your wife, uh, and uh, then you've got three yeah. kids, where so, do they call come um, into this picture? Me and my wife are high school sweethearts. Um, uh, she, I went to your college. She ended up going to, to Duquesne university, uh, pharmacy major, um, so Steelers fan today. I never really had a. It was a big, big bad. I was a basketball player in high school. Um, I love college basketball. I could sit and watch college basketball all day. I love college football. I, yeah, we're not going to talk about your team <laughs> that you have chosen to uh, root for because um, I think that that's where I, as a Iowa Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And Penn State Nittany Lions can mm. uh, join together in opposing Seth Grove and his Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. I, I know we always have fun when yeah. Iowa plays absolutely, Michigan or something. Absolutely. But yeah, how, how in the heck a guy from Pennsylvania dating back to the 1700s mm-hmm. uh, is not a Penn State fan, but a Michigan Wolverine? I mean, what, the only thing that could be worse, of course would be if you were an Ohio State fan. Now, it's um, egregious. So, like, um, I'm definitely a buck-the-system kind of guy. So, you know, your county, everyone, (laughs) oh, Penn State. I'm like, no, no, no. You need something different. I'll go with somebody that Penn State hates. Uh, I'm picking Michigan. Yeah, and they they didn't hate each other. (laughs) Okay. That didn't come to really the the, the Big Ten conference came into play. Um, Michigan was just Michigan. We were in the Big Ten. Penn State at the time was independent. Independent, Um, Really, the draw was was the Fab Five. You know, Mm -hmm. you have five, five city kids doing something completely different and throwing off the entire basketball. Yeah. I mean, you you go back to cultural change in, in college basketball. It goes back to the Fab sure, Five. Sure, Obviously. With their baggy shorts. Baggy shorts. Yep, yep. Um, and, you know, breaking down barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever watched a documentary or read the book, uh, those poor kids went through a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. A lot, they, they dealt with a lot to, to be where they are today. Uh, ironically, my, my wife is also a North Carolina fan. Okay. So the whole Boy, time out, are... <laughs> yeah, um, she's still, I mean, obviously Michigan was in the national title game. Yeah. Um, they were projected I, to I play North them. Carolina. I, no, yeah. I, so my bracket, I had Michigan and Villanova, and yeah. I did pick Villanova, nice. so I won my yeah. bracket. But, uh, um, yeah, so, so, so it's kind of more of, I think your rebellious nature. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think my leadership basketball. team would tend to agree with that a little <laughs> bit, maybe. Um, but it, 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 you know, I mean, you just can't, you just can't do the same thing over and over again and not work. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. Um, and it, it frustrates me to see Harrisburg and I, I can't say Harrisburg's not as bad as DC. Yeah. Uh, I think Harrisburg and it's can certainly be changed. improved even over the last ten years. Yes. I mean, and certainly from when you came in as yes. a staffer. Yes. Uh, it's been tremendous uh, it, change. I think we become more. Open, transparent. Mm-hmm. I think you've gotten a, a rid of a lot of the things that have been used to to make bad deals mm-hmm. uh, that hurt the taxpayers. Not to say that we don't have a ways to go. Amen. Uh, and I know that you're impatient about the mm-hmm. the, the pace of yeah. of change or reform. But again, I you know I'll have you know more senior members remind me of that. I'm like, no, you are right. But if you're not constantly pushing, yep. if someone is there is not constantly pushing, it won't continue to happen. It'll be okay, we'll accept this level. Mm-hmm. If you just accept this level, you're not going to get to that next level where we can see all the 
all the really good growth, all the really good policies come to fruition and really change the state and make it as dynamic as I know it can be. And that's my frustration because I see what it can be. I see where Pennsylvania needs to go, how awesome it is. I mean, we have great employees. We have great natural resources. We are still the Keystone State. We're a transportation hub. We have two ports. We have a lot of amazing mm-hmm. things. We have a mm-hmm. lot of major history. We have a lot of major culture. We have a lot of major art. We have championship cities now. Well, we're, well, we're, we're, we're the fifth largest state, yeah. the biggest swing state, mm-hmm. uh, the pathway to the White House comes through Pennsylvania. So yeah. we are a national player. But I think you're right. We are not optimizing the opportunities mm-hmm. that we really have. And our public policies in many ways are holding us back. And so I know that uh, you, along with Senator Wagner, uh, formed a caucus yeah. uh, that is a joint uh, state our state house and state senate, mm-hmm. which it's always funny because uh, you know the the conventional wisdom is that Democrats and Republicans don't like one another, mm-hmm. but the House and Senate hate one another. Yes. Uh, so this was a little bit unique in mm-hmm. that you have senators and House members yeah. working together, and you guys really threw sort of a juggernaut mm-hmm. uh, into things when. Uh, Tom Wolf was, you know, continues to advocate for higher taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then fortunately, the Republican Senate with their supermajority uh, ceded power to the super minority by having, uh, I think, 14 out of 34 members join with the Democrats to uh, impose an additional tax on natural gas, as well as a gross receipts tax on, on energy. Nasty. And that I, the, the counter proposal came from this caucus yeah. that well, you had formed. Talk about yeah, that. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's two caucuses. So the initial, and I'll give Scott Wagner full, full credit. Um, he sat down after the kind of impasse budget of Governor Wolf's first budget went on for 2015, yeah. veto, the whole nine yards. I, was um, heard, I heard it described as the baby budget. That it took nine months to uh, yeah, uh, to, to, to <laughs> come yes, to fruition. Yes. There. yes. Um, so after that, he, he said, you know, we need to do a better job, House and Senate, particularly rank and file communicating, because I mean, I, I don't know if it's if it's deliberate. You know, leadership will come in and and you know, particularly like the code bills, the the big bills that go along with the budget, they have nasty stuff in them. They'll say in the House, they'll say, oh, you know, Senate leadership demanded this, we can't get it done, and then. The Senate will say, oh, no, the House wanted this. Like, it's good to sit down with a senator and compare notes to see what you're being given is how accurate. Um, So the thought process is, you know, let's be better prepared as Republicans. Um, So let's start a taxpayer's call because, there's, you know, it's who represents the taxpayers on Capitol Hill. You know, the joke is everybody's represented by some interest group in Harrisburg. Who's got the taxpayers? Right, right. So we're like, well, what if we do? They're actual- just paying for everything. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, well, who's walk, walk, looking out for their wallet? So um, the thought process is, what can we do as a group? And we, you know, we had a mission statement. You know, promote transparency um, in, in the state finances. Um, make sure we we do best by taxpayers first and foremost. You know, every year we're not asking them to pay more and more and more. Mm-hmm. What policies can we get? It worked out um, pretty well. Um, we had the taxpayer caucus report of a proposal of $3 billion of, of cost savings and money sitting in, in accounts in Harrisburg mm-hmm. to use to balance a budget. At that time, Wolf was asking for a $2.7 billion tax increase. So we basically Same. said, we see your 2.7, we raise you three. <laughs> um, you know, in, in our, you know, I, I remember the press release from Wolf. This isn't real. It's not, it's not, you know, the whole, you know, right. discounted it. You know, our leadership. Um, teams basically, for the most part, discounted it, downplayed it because they had a direction. You know, they wanted they wanted you know recurring revenue and a budget deal and stuff like that. Well, actually, um, making reductions in spending yeah. is far harder than raising taxes. Oh, it is. I mean, just the, because then you have to say, well, somebody's getting less than what they got last year, yeah. and everybody thinks they're entitled to at least what they got last yeah. year, if not uh, a heck of a lot more. Yeah, yeah. and within you know. With, 400 odd some lines on a tracking run of a budget. There's lines that no one in Harrisburg really cares about. You know, members have mm-hmm. kind of like their set lines they want to see. You know, if, if, if there's no support in, in raising them, don't raise them mm-hmm. and maybe have a discussion mm-hmm. of how important really are they 
anymore moving forward. So, so I kind of mixed up the caucuses there. Yeah. You had the taxpayers' so, yeah, caucus, had the taxpayers which, caucus yeah. um, which, which is great. It's still active today. You know, it, it, and it's good camaraderie between House and Senate members, which we need we need yeah, more of. Right. Um, and then stop the hate. Yeah, yeah. So that was budget two years ago. Um, this past year's budget, obviously, the spending was passed before the revenues. Um, which I applaud, yeah, by the yeah. way, your, your, I don't know where the, that yep. it is. It, Hopefully it it's continues. still It good. continues. So despite, I hope you win. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Despite Wolf's efforts to get it dismissed. Yeah. Uh, we I, have, I hope you win. Yeah. Um, I really do. Um, so, you know, we're sitting there. We, we come back on a Saturday. Leadership brings us in. Uh, and I'll, I'll give Mike credit. He's trying to find a way where we, we don't have to tax people to figure out how to fund this thing. Um, you know, because of the previous budget, you overspend. It was completely false. You overspend. Yeah. Well, Wolf um, didn't sequester a single penny. Nothing, so we spent nothing. $1.55 so, more than what we had. Revenues are dropping. Yeah. Uh, well, we lose $400 million in one month. There's no, there's no reduction. Yeah. The, the only time he sequestered money was after the spending plan was done. He pulled $181 million yeah. out. And it was, it, was, it was kind of legislative stuff yeah. to try to... Yeah. In us in well, in fact, like that. that he was the first governor that anybody could remember that didn't, that didn't set aside money. Even when Ed Rendell did. Yeah. yeah, even Ed Rendell. Yeah. You know, I, I give Ed credit. He yeah. tried to manage the finances, yeah. um, and and he had it worse because he had you know the recession. It was, right. it was billions lost. So at least he did do some tough decisions mm-hmm. to try to manage it. Uh, Corbett did. You know, every every governor every guy, basically yeah. did. Yeah. Um, he chose not to. So you you have a a, a completely fake budget. Revenues were fake. Mm-hmm. Spending was just mm-hmm. egregious. Uh, again, built on uh, uh, legislation that would be passed sometime in the future, yeah. of course. On, top, uh, of, yeah. on yeah. top of all the fake stuff. <laughs> um, so it just created this hole, yeah. $1.5 billion. So the thought was we'll bond $1.2 billion yeah. and do some fund transfers, gaming, and some other stuff. So I'll, I'll give Mike credit that they didn't go Mike, to you're Mike talking Terzai, about Speaker, Speaker Terzai, Terzai. Yep. bring us back and try to find a solution yep. where we're not, yep. again, taking more money out of the economy. Right. The, the sticking point was the bonding um, because there was no guarantee. The thought process is if we pay off the whole from last year mm-hmm. and, and do some of this other stuff, we'll be set for this year and next year. We won't have to talk about revenue anymore. Yeah. During an election year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some reason that went away, yeah. too. We get into that. Um, so there's a group that just said, you know, we don't want to bond. Is there anything else we can do outside of bonding this money? Because mm-hmm. Basically, it was like, we don't want to take out a 30-year mortgage to pay for this Spending year's. that already yeah, happened. Yeah, it, right, right. It, like, financially, it's one of the worst things to do. Sure. Bond for operational costs. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's To me, it's a sign of... That have already been expended. Yeah. Financial insolvency. Yeah, right. Like, you're in a... Yes, starting a death spiral there that you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to get out of, um, and you you see it from um, any 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 failed any failed individual business government entity um, that is financially failing. Yeah, it starts with their yeah. debt. Yeah, right. It it does every every single time. All yeah, because prove, I, I mean prove me wrong. Yeah, pro- prove I mean, me wrong. Yeah. Um, so Dan Mal sent out an email. Representative, um, Representative Dan Mel, Adams County, Adams sent Adams. an email. He's like, I'm coming to Harrisburg, and this was a Saturday. I'm coming to Harrisburg Monday. I'm not leaving until we figure out how to fund this without bonding or taking money from taxpayers. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I didn't show up at first. There was some other stuff happening, and then um, members started coming in, so I showed up. And they were actually looking at so cuts. So he, he announced this he, he to, announced the, to, the, to the caucus. The caucus. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, okay. um, Chairman Saylor Appropriations let us use the the um, appropriations conference room. We had a um, a laptop and a projector, and and you know they're kind of going through the budget. Where can we cut? Mm-hmm. And they realize, like, are we going to get the votes to make reductions yeah. in spending on on the Senate House side? Is the governor going to sign it? Um, so they're going through it. So. Um, you know, we had discussions of of the shadow budget, right? Yeah. All this money. So you have the general Which, fund yeah. of thirty Explain billion. That because because yeah. every time we hear about the budget, yeah, uh, people are talking about the thirty one yeah. billion dollar general fund budget. Yeah. But that's less than half that's of the total spending the peanuts, state. Yeah. yeah, 
What, what we really need to talk about is a constitutional operating budget. Yeah. That brings in all the transportation money, um, uh, motor licensing fund. Uh, that brings in all these special restricted lottery accounts. Fund. There's lottery fund. There's, what, 150 fund. different yeah. funds, I think? Yeah. yeah. Um, so so it's, it is all taxpayer money, yeah. but it's dedicated, yep. which uh, people don't want to talk about. Well, because we can't decide to spend that money Fire elsewhere. And, forget. Yeah, and yeah. it was deliberately created over the sure. years. Some of these funds were in the general fund budget, mm-hmm. um, but the trick to get conservatives on to not spend too much is they'll shift it offline in these special accounts, dedicate revenue so to it. So we don't it. count that. Yep. It's not counted. Yeah. Um, so good thing is transparency caught on to it. So People are watching these mm-hmm. these funds, and there's a segment like when people introduce a special fund creation bill. Now, a lot of people are like, because it created havoc yeah. in our general fund, right? Um, well, and all, the, and the problem with it, of mm-hmm. course, is that you say, all right, we're going to dedicate all of our, well, let's say the lottery funds. Mm-hmm. Those all go into the lottery fund, and it doesn't matter whether you need to spend a dollar for a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're getting a dollar twenty, you get a dollar twenty into that fund, and so it ends up building up a reserve. Absolutely. Uh, so it's it, it's actually taken away mm-hmm. the appropriation power to say, look, we need to allocate a dollar, you know, mm-hmm. to this program, not a dollar twenty, and then you'd have twenty cents to spend somewhere else. Exactly. Probably. I don't know if that's a good way to explain yeah. it, but you've put things on auto funding, yeah. irrespective of the spending so going we'll, on. We'll, we'll put it this way. Um, every year for the past few years, there's been cuts in the budget. So programs and line items in the general fund are getting cut. All the programs that are getting funded with special funds continue to get increases mm-hmm. year in and year out. And so what, but Is when that you a say fair... a cut, uh, we're not actually reducing our spending. No, because yeah. overall spending yeah. is increasing. Yeah. So you're 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 reducing this line item to increase this line uh, this item, one, right? Plus additional revenue for even more spending. Um, so that's why. So, so you guys are yeah. looking at all these other funds that and, people aren't talking and about. And I'll give credit to Treasurer Joe Torcella. Uh-huh. Like in the badge, back of the budget book, there's the funds that have been sitting there. Um, I've been discussing with with leadership for a while, seeing all these account balances in these funds, and asking, you know. You, you've used them in the past, mm-hmm. here and there to close out a budget, maybe 20 million here, 30 million here. I'm like, why don't we just take that money, instead of bonding 1.2 billion, can we get enough to add up to 1.2 where we just we just pay it off? Because these are funds that would roll over from year to year. Yeah. They weren't they weren't needed, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so starting to talk with Terzai, and part of it was using about 300 million. So um, Joe Torcella started the transparency portal so he charted all of these things. So you can see the accumulation within the accounts being built up over time. So my colleagues didn't know about this stuff. So one day I'm like, well, did you guys look at the special funds? They're like, the what? what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's all this stuff off offline. You know, when Commonwealth Foundation talks about shadow budget. Oh, the shadow budget. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it was great PR, yeah. by the way. Okay. Um, so I pull it up there and they're like, this money's just sitting there, and there's yeah. there's two accounts. So yeah. there's their operating, and then there's their their reserves. Kind of reserves. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just first week I just showed them the operating funds, mm-hmm. blew their mind, let them work through it a little bit. And the next week I'm like, you know, there's a secondary because this is over forty fifty billion dollars oh, yeah. in operating funds. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. So the next week I came in, and I'm like, well, you guys know there's secondary funds. What do you mean there's secondary funds? So I showed them those. They're like, holy cow. So they did the deepest dive into state finances that have probably ever been mm-hmm. done. Um, I would say more so than probably appropriations yeah. staff does on, on an well, annual basis. Well, I, I saw it with, I mean, the ownership that uh, your colleagues took mm-hmm. that you were able to have. I mean, I saw more engagement uh, by lawmakers than I've ever seen yeah. before on these issues. Like where you said... Uh, people just, you know, you got 400 line items. Yeah. It's hard to pay attention to all 400 yeah. uh, until you actually say, all right, we need to find real solutions. Yeah. Uh, and the group of folks that gathered together or that uh, you and Dan and yeah. others uh, rallied did the real work that the taxpayers needed. Yeah. And we, out of $12 billion in these accounts, mm-hmm. uh, we narrowed it down to about $1.2 billion. Um, we, we work with appropriations committee. We, we tried to do the best with the tools we have. Yeah. Um, we tried to look in the accounting system, had a probes team look in the accounting system to see what 
commitments were charged yeah. against the accounts and stuff like that. So we tried our best to do a, a full analysis. So at the end of the day, we came up with, with a plan um, using these as one time um, unspent dollars um, that are sitting in accounts every year. We, we pulled money from the General Assembly, from the judiciary, from the executive branch. Um, we, we tried to do some, some other creative things to try not to raise taxes, but fund what we have, you know, just accepting the governor's budgetary reserve, $181 million, try to do some common sense things mm -hmm. where we didn't have to go back to taxpayers or bond money. So we came out with kind of like the taxpayers budget, um, and Harrisburg freaked out. I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to break Harrisburg and rebel and, and change the dynamics, we we step uh, we step yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, well, the, I think I mean, you probably embarrassed a lot of people that mm -hmm. uh, didn't know these funds existed, and yeah. they, in order to accept what you guys had done, would be an admission mm -hmm. of the failure to have done it themselves. Yeah. On top of all the special interest groups that have yes. created these yeah, funds, right, I mean, right. I don't. Do I blame them for creating? No, you know, they wanted to protect their their sure. their their whatever they wanted to move forward with a lot of it are grant programs a mm -hmm. lot of it is is grant programs i'll say but they created it and they want to protect their turf um but when you're facing deficit after deficit yeah. you you need cash to and and the idea was you know pay off last year fund this year and make sure next year's in balance moving forward um you know we, we came up with a solution um we we ended up getting it passed the senate brought it up for a vote killed it um but you put a marker out there yeah. that really staved off what would have been the worst of, yeah. of raising taxes on the growing industry, yep. uh, even higher taxes, of yeah. course, because we are generating. Mm -hmm. We have a severance tax. It's just called the impact fee. Yes. Uh, but mm -hmm. this notion that somehow they're not paying taxes mm -hmm. while we collect more than really every other state's natural gas taxes combined yeah. around us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but so I mean, it was a good counterpunch, and yeah. I applaud you for the hard work that you guys did. Uh, going forward here, Seth, uh, obviously a re-election year for Tom Wolf, mm -hmm. so he doesn't want a budget impasse. Correct. Uh, all of the House is up, half of the Senate. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this budget as we get ready for? Uh, um, you know, June thirtieth will be here before we know it. Yeah, the problem with our our budgeting it's it's the here and now. Like they never talk about next year's budget unless they need revenue. Um, but really, this budget sets up next year budget. Sure. And it's about the spending. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm a believer. I call it expense side budgeting. I look to look at the expenses first because I know we have revenues coming in. We collect it all the time, even during the nine month baby impasse. Um, we're collecting revenue left and right. It's not like businesses got a note from Department of Revenue. Hey, we don't have a budget. We don't need you to collect money anymore. Right. right. You know, you walk in a store, the sales taxes. It's not like the state government said, you know, um, taxpayers, we don't need your money because we don't have an operating budget right now. Money is still being collected. It, it's still coming to Harrisburg. So we have recurring revenue all the time for yeah. our taxpayers. The question is, how do you manage the expenses um, to make sure taxpayers and Pennsylvanians can continue to afford that moving forward. There's not the person behind the tree that's going to pay your taxes for you. Right. That person does not right. exist. It, it doesn't yes. happen. You can talk about, I'm going to tax businesses. It comes back to you because yeah. they just pass the cost right. on. Businesses don't pay taxes. Only yeah. people pay yes. them. And it's, you know, ultimately it's us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, this year's budget, um, the big thing, which is great, the House was able to pass a Constitution Amendment for spending caps. Yep. A lot of members are talking about Tabor. Members are talking that's about That's a bringing, taxpayer bill of rights. Yeah, Tabor that's right. That um, so you, you take kind of population growth and CPI, you merge them together, and you, you get a number that you shouldn't cross. Yeah. Um, so it, here's, here's generally what the taxpayers could afford yeah. in an increase in spending. Yeah. Um, so it's a good way. And, you know, all the data shows that we wouldn't need any revenue um, going mm -hmm. back 20 years, if we followed that path yeah, moving yeah. forward, just limiting the increase, yeah. not not cutting spending, exactly. even, right? It's just limiting the increases. Yeah, just just a simple yeah. limit. You know, money is still being spent, increases are still happening, but just good fiscal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's being discussed. 
bringing the special funds, many of them that we can, back in the general operating budget so we have so more control. So be really truth in budgeting, right? Yeah, yeah. just on, yeah. like honesty. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, leadership at one time, you know, they had the, the, the framework budget deal um, at, towards the end of the impasse. You know, I looked, I'm like, you may, we may need a tax increase. Right. But you got to prove it. Yeah. Show me we're using every dollar efficiently. Um, there's no leftover funds sitting in accounts. Um, we're being as efficient and responsible as we can. Um, we've, we're, we're doing everything possible in our power to manage our costs moving forward. We're doing the policy we need to. Um, then, yeah. You know what? Well, I'll have I, that conversation honestly, with you, but and, we're not. Yeah, so. and that's where the I think the taxpayers, mm -hmm. uh, if you demonstrate to them, look, we have done all that we can mm -hmm. to maximize – uh, the dollars you already pay, but we're going to need more. Yeah. I mean, taxpayers, I think, are reasonable. They recognize that mm -hmm. government does need uh, revenue to pay for. But what they're sick and tired of is when they they see clear mm -hmm. uh, mismanagement, uh, monies that are not well spent. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you have one of the highest tax burdens in the country, the, the argument that we need more from you, um, I think just doesn't resonate with the taxpayers and why you constantly yeah. see people saying no, 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 yeah. stop spending. Exactly. And, you know, just, just, just the, the hiding of money, yeah. um, the, the accounting. We, we have like three or four different accounting systems we use. Some, some accounts are on a calendar year. A lot of them are a fiscal year. Some are cash basis. Some are accrued cash. Some are accrued. Um, so even within state government, there's no consistency. Um, trying to get in for, you know, I've been on appropriations committee for six years. Um, at this point, I think they're pointless. Um, I look at the secretary across, I ask them questions. Um, I got five oh, you mean, minutes. You mean the hearings the where hearings, the different yeah, secretaries yeah, through, I mean, yeah. they don't, they their, their job is to not yeah. disclose any information. Um, so you have to be very pointed and try to get it. You know, you try to and then write if you to are their actually requests. asking for something, yeah. you know, uh, well, I'll have to get back to you on yeah. that. And you, do you, and you really never get it. Yeah. Um, you know, Ted Dallas, former secretary of DHS, there was an entire year where he never actually did answer the follow-up questions mm. of, I'm still waiting for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whenever I see him, I'm like, I'm still waiting. Yeah, yeah. And a couple of his former staffers, um, they work for other entities. Every time I see him, I'm like, hey, I'm still, by the way, I'm still waiting for you to answer those questions from, from DHS. Um, so it, it's a frustrating process. So I'm at the point where we just need to break down the financial barriers. We just need truth in budgeting. And, you know, I wasn't in the room, but um, during the first budget, Wolf's first budget, I heard him um, from, from our leadership and people in the room, he was very in tune on, I want real finances. Like, I don't want to do fake budgeting anymore. I want some truth in, in finances. I think we need to get there. I think we need to open up the books mm -hmm. and let people actually see where their money is going. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can get there. Um, you know, I, I think I think Joe Torricella's transparency portal adds to it. Um, I think um, the entire um, kind of Mal group, which is now the Common Sense Caucus, um, really exposed a lot of finances people didn't know about. I think there's a little more hunger and desire right now to know more uh, about the finances um, and. and opening up the books and being more transparent mm -hmm. moving forward. So it, it's, I think it's a, it, it's a good time for, for transparency. Uh, hopefully we can get a lot more done uh, on that front to let taxpayers know where money's going. Well, uh, Representative Seth Grove, uh, appreciate your joining me here on Brews and Views, and uh, keep up the fight uh, for the taxpayers. We do. we do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, and I uh, appreciate you having me on, and maybe we'll get some actual brews, not water, at some point. <laughs> but it's all good. All right. You've, you've exposed me. Yeah. Thanks, Seth. Uh -huh. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E.